This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. I'm Dustin Scott is with me today, and we're doing a news episode. Uh, there's a couple of different things that have popped up over the past... Well, some of this stuff has popped up over the la- over a month. Um, obviously, we took a week off. We've had some interviews that we've done. Uh, definitely check those out if you haven't. There's some good stuff that we've got coming up, more interviews um, to look forward to. And um, there's just a lot of awesome stuff that we're, we're trying to put together for you guys here on the TBU podcast. That being said, it has been a little bit of time since we've covered some big news, mostly because the news that has been coming out, it's not necessarily big news. It's just little bits and pieces. And uh, rather than having an entire episode related to a topic that honestly we could probably discuss in less than 10 minutes, which it doesn't do anybody any good. Um, we decided to kind of pull that, some of that stuff together and, uh, Put it on. Put put it together on one episode. So, this episode we're specifically talking about uh, three big topics, um, but little news related to each one of them. So, we're going to be talking about Cape Crusader again. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, DC Films as a whole, and we're also going to be talking about Batman Day because it's right around the corner. As you're listening to this episode, it is days away, and um, or in the case if you're listening to this a little bit late, it already happened. So we're going to talk about that stuff. Uh, First, we're going to talk about Cape Crusader. So the last time we talked about Cape Crusader, it was the show is not happening on HBO Max. Uh, Warner Brothers is going to shop it around. And the discussion at the time was basically... We knew it wasn't going to happen. We, we, I assumed there was no way that that show of all shows that that uh, Warner Brothers was putting together was going to not end up on HBO Max. It just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me, quite honestly, because I feel like if you're really trying to push HBO Max or the future of whatever HBO Max becomes with Discovery Plus, a Batman title makes perfect sense to be on there, um, and and something that's as uh, hypothetically as uh, it's going to be very critically well received and things like that, it makes sense to be there. But for whatever reason, it's not going to be. And um, at the time when we when it was announced that, that they were shopping around and it was going to be going to be ending up somewhere else, um, we talked about some of the possibilities of where it could end up. And I think at the time, the two that I mentioned were Netflix and Prime Video as the best options, uh, mostly because there was 
just because they have the money. Uh, the one that I forgot about, which I shouldn't have because, well, I say this, but I forget about them all the time because I don't personally subscribe to them, but I know that they do have a lot of great content and I know that they have no problem spending money on content, which is Apple TV+. Plus. So there was a report that came out, uh, according to Heat Vision, which is from The Hollywood Reporter, saying that uh, there's a very good chance that the series could end up at a number of different uh, uh, a number of different streaming services. Uh, specifically, the ones that have expressed some interest are Apple, Hulu, and Netflix. Um, personally, I think Hulu. I don't. I don't like that option. I in, just because of the Disney connection. I just don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to, to for it to end up there. Uh, I could definitely see Apple just because uh, they've got the money and they're not necessarily opposed to having you know content from elsewhere. Uh, Netflix is obviously a really good option. Warner Brothers is already making content, multitudes of content for Netflix, and Netflix you know has no problem paying for it. One of the biggest. DC properties more recently was the Sandman, which was over at Netflix. So it's entirely possible. Um, I was kind of surprised by the fact that uh, this, you know, that Hulu was on that list. Now there was a, there was a very interesting report um, that came out saying that Batman Cape Crusader should uh, potentially end up on Disney Plus. Which personally, I thought, why is this even happening? Um, but it turns out. Uh, that report um, ended up turning into a conversation that Kevin Smith had where he talked about, on his latest episode of Fat Man Beyond, he talked about the fate of the series and it makes a lot of sense for it to be on the streaming home of the MCU. Um, he specifically said that it could be a really good spot for it um, because... As much as folks want to tell you otherwise, there's no such thing as business without some personal to it. So if Disney has the money for it, why wouldn't they do it if only for the fact that they can kind of like say, ha ha ha, look what we've got. So personally, I think the Disney Plus idea is a really bad idea as a whole, and I don't see why Disney would do it. Um, I understand Disney, I guess if they were trying to be, not vindictive is not the right word, but just trying to prove that they can do whatever they want, sure, but I don't see them being that petty. Um, what do you think? I got two minds in this situation. I think, you know, on the one side, it's good visibility for it to be, you know, packaged on the same platform that has the MCU and all the MCO show, MCU shows and everything. But at the same time, I also feel like it's one of those things that dilutes or like crosses the brands like you know there's always those jokes on the internet where you see people like share weird you know things they find on etsy or like other crafts where it says like marvel and it's got like a picture of like all marvel superheroes and then like batman you know thrown into the mix or superman or something that oddball one that's not marvel you know and i feel like putting it on there would fall into that category where it further dilutes you know in people's eyes the difference between the companies and it might ruin the equity in the brand you know of what you know dc is i don't think it would hurt disney or marvel but you know for warner brothers it'd probably be a bad idea yeah i um i i just don't see that it, that that's the, it's almost 
it's the exact same reason I don't like Hulu as the option for um, Cape Crusader. It's but also even more so than not liking Hulu because at least Hulu has some sort of disconnect from Disney as a company. While it is a Disney streaming service and it is bundled with Disney Plus and all of that, it still has like some sort of disconnection from the Disney brand. Um, and Marvel doesn't really have that. You know, Hulu tried to do some animated Marvel shows. Um, they never, re- none of them took off or did extremely well for them to keep producing them. So I just don't see Hulu as the place for this. Now, I still think Netflix is probably honestly the best option. I think it's going to probably end up over at Netflix. While Apple is definitely a possibility if Apple wants to throw the money at it. I don't see why it couldn't happen at Apple, but I feel like Netflix is a better place for it to end up just because Netflix has at least more recently done a better job of marketing, you know, the fan driven stuff. Um, You know, you look at some of the contents that they've put out, you know, Stranger Things is by far, it kind of surpasses like a fandom and more of a mainstream but when you look at other shows like how they rolled out Sandman or how they roll out uh, Cobra Kai, which I, I understand that Cobra Kai is like mainstream, but it they took it from basically a YouTube uh, premium show to mainstream. And they did a very good job of like marketing it and, and making it making the transition very smooth um, from people who may not have even seen it to people who caught up on all the previous seasons before they started watching the new seasons on Netflix. So I think Netflix, honestly, is probably the best place for it. Um, Do you have a thought of the best place it could end up at the moment? Honestly, I agree with the Netflix thing. And, you know, when you were listing those shows, like the first one that popped to my mind that kind of, it still kind of blows my mind. They just actually announced the, I think the fourth and final season of it, but Umbrella Academy, you know, like for people who don't read like indie comics, you know, like Umbrella Academy is over at Dark Horse. It's, you know, kind of, it's, it's, it was popular, but like popular in the comics world, not like in the greater like pop culture world and then Netflix took it on and turned it into this huge thing where it's every time they release a new season it does like crazy well so you know I feel like if they can do that with you know Dark Horse properties which I love I will say that not trying to knock Dark Horse but um, you know I feel like it's the perfect home and it's also probably a little bit of a I went revenge is a strong word, but you know, kind of flying in the face of Disney for taking their um, Netflix Marvel shows away. It's true. Um, the the real the one real interesting point on Netflix taking it or, or you know being potentially the home for it is that I feel like because Netflix has done such a great job marketing, it will actually elevate the property, um, which is something that at least recently, they have not done a great job with over at Warner Brothers. And I think a lot of that has to do with the corporate structure constantly changing and and money being an issue. Um, I'm going to bring that up in a second when it comes to uh, the DC films. But money seems to be a very high concern. And Netflix would be spending the money to market it, not Warner Brothers. And I think that is one of the better reasons why that would be a good partner. Apple does a, a decent job marketing, but we haven't seen anything marketed to the degree that some of the big Netflix shows have have been. So, um, I guess the only 
The only hiccup that I have with Netflix is Netflix is still in the process of releasing everything, you know, as a complete season. And I feel like they could, uh, and I know that there's certain shows that they've done like a, a volume one or a volume two or a season A or season B um, of a specific season. I, I know they've done that. They've split up. That, that's happened more recently just because with some of the really big shows. But I, that, that's my only hiccup is I don't know, like, we don't know if Cape Crusader is a ongoing story or if it's kind of like loosely ongoing, kind of how animated the Batman the Animated Series was, where there is a firm connection between episodes, but it's not a linear story that you're seeing take place. There's there's elements that are linear that that change over time, but as a whole, you can watch individual episodes episodes and it doesn't matter. I assume that this new series would take more of the linear route just because that's just what a lot of the really good shows do. But that's the one thing that I I kind of, uh, that's my only hiccup is that um, if it was being released as like a weekly thing, I think that the marketing, marketing wise, it would hurt it. But, um, but release wise, I think it would be cooler just because it would it would be reminding me of like the old you know the old days with cartoons releasing weekly. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I feel like a lot of the big shows now are kind of doing that. I mean, look at like what's going on right now with HBO and Amazon Prime. They have their little war with their fantasy shows. You have Game of Thrones on Sundays, and then Friday nights it's you know Rings of Power. So they're like kind of you know sniping each other i even think hbo went so far as to release the first episode of house of dragon on youtube for free like the day the first episode of rings of power released or something you know who's really winning in that battle warner brothers because they're making both shows yeah true (laughs) amazon's paying for one and uh, obviously warner brothers is paying for the other ultimately because it's on hbo but they're really winning in both of that you know in both those shows because both shows are releasing and they're both you know being talked about a lot and that's just helping Warner Brothers as a whole but we'll see what happens um once we get more news on Cape Crusader which hopefully we'll hear something before the end of the year um we'll we'll obviously be talking about it and bringing you updates on that story All right, the next uh, story that we're going to talk about is, it has to do with DC Films. There's two different things that came up. So the first one was, um, there was a, there was talk that DC found their Kevin Feige, and it was Dan Lin, who is a producer who has been linked to the Lego movie, um, the live-action Aladdin, and also the It horror movies uh, for both both of them. Um, and it was said that he um, was one of the people that they approached and tried to work out a deal. Um, specifically, what was kind of interesting about this is that um, the report that he was the person that they were talking about came out on August 25th. And then literally like a week later, the report came out said that there's it's not happening. He's not taking over DC Film and TV. Um, they couldn't come to a deal that was just basically you know it just didn't work out. Now it was interesting because I remember seeing his name as part of the Lego film and the Lego Batman movie. That's how I remember I knew who he was. Um, but he does not have a lot of 
projects attached to his name in the first place. Um, he has, you know, he has his he has his own production company, um, and it is what it is. But it's it's amusing because it seemed like they were there, and then it just didn't get there. I don't know how it got leaked in some ways that uh, he was going to be, you know, taking he could be potentially the person, um, but. The whole idea is that the role is going to surpass all of the division heads, specifically Warner Brothers Pictures, uh, HBO and HBO Max, the head over there, and Warner Brothers Television. Um, it's going to basically be over all of those where it will, in in fact, keep all of the DC stuff amongst all of the divisions as one united front, similar to the way Marvel is doing it over at uh, or Kevin Feige's doing it over at Marvel. Um, so he's not taking it. Now, the, the interesting thing was when the news broke about him potentially having the role, there was some other names that uh, had popped up um, related to you know some of the other people that potentially have been part of the discussions of who else could be you know considered. Um, some of them include Amy, Amy Pascal, who's uh, best known for being the ex-CEO of Sony. She's also a producer over at the, for a lot of the Spider-Man projects. Matt Tomlick, uh, Sean Bailey, and Greg Berlanti. Now, personally, I will say I do not want Greg Berlanti touching this. Um, not that he hasn't had a lot of success with the TV shows, but I feel like he has a very... And that's not to say it couldn't change and... Being the head of a division could be very different than being a producer, but a lot of his stuff that he has worked on and he's been attached to, whether it be the DC shows or whether it be other content, has a very specific feel. And it doesn't feel like it's, you know, a, a variety of different content. It feels like it's very similar content. Um, when you look at at least Dan Lin's resume with. The It movies, the Lego Batman movie, Aladdin. There's a there's some mix there. There's some family stuff. There's some horror stuff. There's just there's a variety of different content, and I feel like that shows there's some possibility of you know some genre differences and things like that. So, what did you think when you heard about the Dan Lin situation? I don't really have too much thoughts. Like, I did look at his IMDb, you know, and, like, he has, like, you know, he has some, you know, other than the stuff you mentioned, he had some, like, franchises that were, you know, still continuing, like the Sherlock Holmes franchise with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. I think they're making another one. I saw a trailer for it, I thought, or something, and maybe just an announcement. But, um, you know, and he also, like, to what you were saying about him, having a variety under his belt he did produce like the two popes which is a prestige picture and less of like you know a horror or action you know series and he does have some tv credits too with like the lethal weapon reboot so it does seem like as an even mix and that maybe you know he's a person that's really good at like project managing and bringing these things to the table and finding the right people and understanding that each property might have a different like vibe and feel you know like your batman might be more of a detective noir vibe and superman you might want to lean more into you know light-hearted drama or maybe more rom-com if you really want to go back to like the christopher reeves margot kidder route you know whatever it is so like it does seem like he, he has that um 
you know, penchant for making very different things. I'm looking at it now. It looks like he's got an Inspector Gadget movie <laughs> um, slated to be in pre-production. But, you know, I guess, like, the hard thing is, is, like, I, I mean, it was any, wasn't anything to get, like, excited about on my end. I don't know. It wasn't, like, you know, he, he has some very good films and, and everything under his belt. So, but I... I I didn't really have much of a reaction. I guess like the only thing I had a reaction to was Greg Berlanti when his name was like in the running. And, um, that was for very similar reasons because, you know, my understanding of Greg Berlanti is he's a guy who puts his teams together. He puts these shows together in a similar format. His goal is to get like five or six seasons so they can go into syndication. And so everybody has a consistent, well-paying job. And it's very much like, a business-minded, you know, we got to hit these metrics for it to be a success kind of attitude. Yeah. I just, and I, I honestly, I just don't like that mentality. Um, I know that he's done some stuff over at Netflix that's not CW stuff, but it still feels exactly the same. It still feels like he's trying to do the exact same type of thing where he's trying to make a show that is going to get a solid audience so that it can continue for a certain length of time. Um, I don't honestly I, like. I wish I could sit here and say I, I have some amazing idea of when it comes to who could manage the DC films, but I really don't. Um, I honestly do not want. Like I know that they put a lot of faith into Zack Snyder originally, hoping that you know things would go a lot better, and they didn't. But I. I don't think it's a good idea to even approach the idea of a director or somebody who's so creatively linked to a project because producers have to have they have to be able to go back and forth between these different projects. And somebody like Zack Snyder who is like so dialed in Man of Steel, then goes to Batman vs Superman, then goes to Justice League, you're stuck on like the same thing. And like that's and, and sometimes you can get really good things out of that. You look at, you know, Chris Nolan and what he did with the Dark Knight trilogy. That's great. But, you know, he also has a pension to do other projects. He did Inception. He did The Prestige. And um, he, 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 did, he worked on a variety of other projects in the midst of doing the Dark Knight trilogy. Because that's not all he wants to do. And I think that directors naturally want to do different things. Sure, there might be directors who enjoy doing specific things with superheroes, but I don't think that that's all they want to do. I don't think that a lot of them want to be the... That's the only thing they do. They're too creative to only stick within one specific genre. Producers, however, can jump all over the place. They can find the great creatives to you know for a project. If you're looking for uh, you know a family adventure film compared to a more dark and you know horror esque type film, you can do that as a producer without being like labeled as the guy who does this. Uh, you know, and and I think that they really do need to find somebody who is a producer. But I can't. I don't. There's plenty of producers that I know, but nothing that immediately jumps at me as saying, this is who I think. I do like the idea of, you know, when it comes to at least Dan Lin being considered, was the fact that he has a wide variety of content on on his resume, and I think that's important. Um, So hopefully 
you know, we'll see what happens. Um, with, with that, I, I don't know that we're going to find any more news immediately, but you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see. I guess it could happen before the end of the year, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Now, the other news related to DC films is that all of the films again have moved release dates except for Black Adam. So Black Adam's still coming out this year, still coming out in October. Um, they had Shazam dated for December after it got moved up. And shift around the last time they moved things around. Shazam is now going back to March of next year. Um, Aquaman, which was at that March slot, is now dated for December of 2023. So now a full year later after its original date of December of 2022. Um, Flash, at least for the time being, is staying put where it is. And that's what's happening with the DC films. Now... The odd thing about this is that, so this clears up the idea of, okay, so instead of having three DC films within basically six months of each other with Shazam being in, well, I mean, even if you want to extend it and say within eight months, you've got four movies and then you've got nothing on your slate after that because Black Adam was in October, we had Shazam in December, we had Aquaman in March, and we had Flash in June. So now everything's been spread out a little bit more. Um, we've got basically five months in between um, Black Adam and Shazam, and then you've got a couple more months bef- before Flash, if that doesn't shift. And I have a feeling it, it's still possible that it could shift. Um, and then you've got plenty of time between the Flash, where it's currently sitting, and Aquaman, where they can guess they could choose to do... If, the, if Blue Beetle ends up being a that theatrical release, which by all accounts it still seems like it should be, they could do that in early 2024 and still have plenty of time between now and uh, summer of 2024 to do something else um, if they really wanted to. So that being said, part of the reason this is supposedly happening is because Warner Brothers doesn't have any money. Um They've been having some really bad luck at the... At at uh, the box office recently because there just hasn't a lot of their projects that they've released in theaters um, the first half of 2022 have just not performed very well Uh, specific other than obviously Batman Um, you look at one of their big releases for the summer which was Elvis it just did not perform as well as they probably were hoping mostly because at, at least by the accounts that I've seen a lot of the people who are going back to the theaters are younger people, and younger people are probably not super anxious of seeing a biopic about Elvis. Um, that's not somebody that they have any sort of connection to necessarily. So they're struggling when it comes to marketing, and they're basically hinging a lot of what they've got left on Black Adam coming out next month. And there was one of the reports was basically like Warner Brothers has enough money to release like two more films for the rest of the year based off of not making enough money on the previous films that they've already released in theaters. So it begs the question of like, what does that mean for the future of Warner Brothers who years years before the pandemic, they were touting that they were going to be, you know, really ramping up and doing a lot more theatrical films, doing a lot more films that were lower budget, um, that, you know, could 
be perfect content to like fill seats in theaters, but not be like blockbuster films. That's what New Line Cinema was doing. That was serving that purpose for a long period of time. And now they're in a situation where they can only release, you know, blockbusters or ones that they believe will be blockbusters because they've had just really bad luck recently. So let's let's first let's talk about well, how do you feel about the release schedule shifting around the way it has? The the reality is it's shifted so much where, like, I feel like the more it shifts and the more we've seen it shift the less faith, you know, a person has in even thinking it's going to come out when they say it's going to come out. I feel like Black Adam is probably pretty good, you know, where it's at because of The Rock and they've been doing a lot of marketing for it lately, but everything else, like, at this point, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, it all hinges on Black Adam, but... You know, beyond that, I guess I'm not anticipating seeing any of the other films. I just figure we'll just hear some more bad news in a few months, and that'll be that. And you know, wherever we're at, we're at, and you just have to deal with it. Maybe we'll see a sequel to the Batman in a few years, and that'll be our next film. Now, what is the what, what? How do you feel about the idea that Warner Brothers is so strapped for cash that they literally have to potentially adjust the release schedule? because they don't have enough money to market the films. Now, obviously, they have money, but they're trying to, because of the corporate situation that they're currently in, they're trying to really, obviously, cut costs. And because of that, that's why we're saying that they don't have you know, money to market these films. It's not that they actually don't have money. It's that they're in a cost-cutting situation right now as, far as, as part of their corporate structure. So it's not as if they can continually lose money without recouping some of that money. So how do you feel what 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 do you think this means for like the future? You know, like Zaslav said in that earnings call last month, um he specifically said or I guess that was the end of July, he specifically said that, you know, they're looking at quality not quantity which when it comes to the DC films which I I appreciate and I want, but you know, can DC actually compete if they end up only being able to put out one film a year because of just the limited amount of projects that DC can put out because of what's going on with the corporate side of things. I mean, so I feel like, you know, we all kind of could guess that the stakes were bad financially when they started canceling films for tax purposes. I was reading an interesting article that equated that to, um, basically was looking at what's going on at Warner Brothers right now to what happened to RKO, you know, years and years ago. Um, and, and that was a tactic RKO did as well, was, you know, canceling films for the tax, you know, right off. Um, but, you know, it's... I, I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a a scary situation, I guess. Like, it's it's nice to know that they are trying to like cut costs and trying. It seems like as much as, you know, all everybody on the internet kind of rails against like certain films being captured. It seems like the person at the helm legitimately wants to try to save it. But I do think that trying to create an MCU like atmosphere is backwards thinking. I think, you know, at this point, the only people who can do it are Disney 
And I don't think, and it's, you know, and they've been doing this since 2008. You know, they've been developing it, developing it since then. So I don't think it's really worthwhile to invest in trying to jumpstart a whole universe again using the same business model that has served, you know, Disney and Marvel well for, you know, almost like going on 15 years now. But, you know, that's that's a 15-year-old model now. Like, that's things are going to change. People are going to get tired of it. You know, it's it's not going to be in its peak. Like, honestly, I feel like we've seen the MCU at its peak and, you know, I don't think anyone should try to duplicate that, especially since, you know, DC is very much in the same business as Marvel, you know, in terms of, like, trying to make superhero films and while the characters are different, it's not, you know, the, the point of comic book films is, is it's kind of similar. It's to kind of inspire people and, you know, be morality plays and like, you know, give us something, someone to look up to. So, you know, I just, I, I, it's nice to know, like to reiterate, it's nice to know that someone's trying to like save the studio because I think it's very important. I think Warner Brothers is one of those studios that needs to be around. It's a very historic studio. I love, you know, like we just talk about like films in their library and the people they work with. Like I love Warner Brothers, but I, as far as what to do with DC, I don't think it's the right route finding this point person, but I don't really, at the same time, I don't have an alternative solution. I mean, I don't work in the business, but like, yeah, one film a year when you're fighting a machine that has, you know, releases four or five, six films, you know, plus all these TV shows, like in a very short span, it's, it's David versus Goliath at this point. So maybe the focus on smaller films again and just, you know, not even really trying to build up the DC universe too much. Maybe just try a couple heroes and call it a day and spend more of your efforts on a magnitude of much smaller films that you can release a lot of and build more of a stable ship in the way that, like, Universal traditionally has done. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I hope that the cost-cutting stuff that they're doing now helps them, propels them, I guess is a better way to phrase it, propels them into a better future so they can be more sound. I mean, Zaslav has said that, you know, going forward, they're trying to put together a 10-year plan for DC and all of that. I hope that's, and I said this before, but I hope that's true, and I hope that that means that there's a high focus on it. I mean, Warner Brothers has a lot of different franchises, but... Quite honestly, none of them are as big as DC. Harry Potter comes close, but doesn't have the the sheer amount of content that you could do to even come close. Um, the only thing that I would say it's even remotely close to DC would probably be the animation side of things, with like either their staples of like the Hanna Barbera cartoons, the Looney Tune cartoons. But none of that stuff is like together. It's just collectively probably just as much content as as DC. Uh, but very close, one way or the other. I don't think it's actually probably as much as DC, but I think that I just hope that whatever the, all of this stuff that keeps happening and it all seems like it's bad news every time we turn a corner, um, I hope that the bad news eventually leads to some good news and 
you know, like I know that Joker 2 is going to be coming out in 2024. So that could be another film that's coming out or that could be they could do Blue Beetle in the the spring and then Joker 2. And then who's to say that maybe the Batman 2 doesn't come out in 2025 because that is a decent distance out where it's at least feasible. So, you know, you could have that and then there's plenty of time for a lot of other projects to happen as well. So we'll see what happens um, I just hope that one of these one of these days we're going to turn a corner and there's going to be some really good news um, because it just it just feels like it's consistently bad news all around. So, all right. So our last topic we're going to talk about is Batman Day. So surprisingly, this 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 announcement seemingly came very late. Um, it, it literally was announced on September sixth, eleven days before Batman Day actually occurs. In the past, it seems like they've at least announced it a little bit earlier, but um, I'm not sure what the reasoning behind that is. Um, so Batman Day is uh, September 17th. Um, it typically is right around that time of the year, every single year. Uh, if you're going to comic book shops, uh, there's two free comic books you can pick up on Batman Day. One of them is Batman Hush, number one, the Batman Day special, which is a preview of the it's it's mostly a reprint of batman number 608 which is the first chapter of the batman hush storyline which also happens to be getting a hardcover 20th anniversary edition coming out in october with a little bit of a added bonus in there so you can definitely check that out there's also going to be a uh, option for younger fans as the Batman's Mystery Casebook Batman Day Special Edition is also going to be releasing, which is a preview of the title that actually just released to, about a couple weeks ago, um, which is a graphic novel by Charlie Fish and Christopher U- Uminga. And uh, you can find the review of that over on our website if you're interested in checking that out. Um, elsewhere, there's a bunch of other stuff that's going to be taking place. The social channels are going to be going through kind of like a revolving group of villains from Batman's Rogues Gallery that's going to be taking over the Batman and Batman social channels. Um, we've already seen Riddler and Penguin uh, take over at this point. Um, you're also going to be able to check out the first episode of Batwheels, the new animated series that uh, is specifically targeted towards preschool uh, children. Uh, this first episode is going to be the secret origin of the Batwheels, which will tell the backstory of how the group of young sentient superpowered vehicles formed their superheroic team. Um, so that will be on Cartoon Network as well as HBO Max. If you are in the U.S. or Latin America, uh, that will be on for you guys to check out. In addition to that, uh, it was announced that season two of Batman The Audio Adventures is coming soon to HBO Max. They actually said it's going to be premiering later this fall. There's also a, the tie-in comic book series Batman The Audio Adventures, which has uh, the first issue releasing later in September. So you can check that out. Um, as far as video games go, there's a special option in Multiverses, which will, if you complete 20 matches, you'll be able, between September 16th through the 19th, you'll be able to get a Batman icon. And there will also be, Batman will be also featured as part of the game's preview character rotation during those three days. Uh, Injustice 2 will celebrate Batman Day from the September 13th through the 19th with free daily in-game gifts. 
in a Batman Day logo profile picture for players. And then you can also enjoy a special classic Batman Arena Invasion event and various in-game sales starting on September 16th. There's going to be some digital collectibles, uh, specifically the DC Hybrid NFT trading cards partnered uh, as part of the partnership with Hero or HRO. Um, the app that uh, they previously announced. Um, and then around the world, there's all kinds of special events. If you have a Cinemark theater near you, uh, Saturday, September 17th, there will be a, it will be Batman Day at the theater as Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman 1989, and Batman Returns will all have special screenings of each of those films. Um, if you are in Europe or the UK, um, there's a number of different things. I'm going to provide a link over on the website um, for you guys to check out all of the different things because there is a slew of stuff. Um, just naming off some of the countries, Spain, France, um, Australia, Singapore, Philippines, Taiwan, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, Brazil. There's all kinds of different stuff. So I'm going to provide the link to all of the full details of everything that's going on. Um, Scott, is there anything that you are looking forward to doing on Batman Day? Um, I mean, I kind of want to go to the Cinemark screenings, like all of them. Just do them all. I actually looked at the ticket prices already. They're all like around five bucks by me, so each, so not bad. And then I might finally give Multiverses a shot because I have been curious about it, but to this date, I have not tried it yet. Granted, that's partially a time problem, but you know what? Maybe now's the time. Yeah, multiverses, I will say my kids, without even me prompting them, which I appreciate, without even me prompting them, they found the game and downloaded it and have been playing it and they've been they've been enjoying it a lot. Um, I think it's cool because so long-time video game fans who at least follow what's going on with the developers will know that Warner Brothers games... Uh, is has uh, TT Games um, as part of their umbrella or underneath their umbrella, and TT Games does a lot of the does practically all of the Lego games. And Lego Dimensions was a game. Uh, I want to say it was like 2014, maybe 2015 was when this, the the height of the game. And the premise of it was that all these different characters from all these different franchises combine into one game. You can have, like, Scooby-Doo interact with Batman or have uh, Harley Quinn interact with, like, the uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz or have Gremlins interact with um, Beetlejuice. There's a bunch of different characters. Most of them were Warner Brothers properties, but there was other characters that made it into the game that were from like Universal or I think they had I think Paramount had a couple of characters in there. I don't remember everybody, but there was a lot of characters and at the time I thought it was a really cool concept. I thought it was super cool. My son at the time was the prime age for getting him into video games, but also getting him into really appreciating the variety of characters from the different franchises that exist. And at the time I, I, we, we went, let's just say we dived headfirst into it and we got into it. Unfortunately, the game didn't last because the popularity of the game just was not there. Or as a whole, the, um, the entire genre of, of toys, 
involved with games. It just was dying out. There was a variety of different games. Disney had one. Uh, Nintendo had one. I think it was called Amiibo. There was a bunch of different ones. Skylanders was another one. They all just were dying out very quickly, and LEGO Dimensions was kind of on like the back side of that. And They only made it through, I believe, Season 2, even though they did have some additional packs that came out with like Teen Titans Go and things like that. Um, but anyway, the point of it is it was a good idea. It just didn't work because of the tie-in with the the toys that you had to buy and that entire genre dying. Multiverses is kind of like that, or more specifically, it's a lot like Super Smash Brothers with all the Nintendo characters combined into one game, but this one has all the Warner Brothers characters. So they've got Rick and Morty, you've got Gremlins, you've got Scooby-Doo, you've got uh, DC characters. There's, there's a ton of them, and they keep adding some more. I believe Black Adam just got added recently. Uh, I know that the Gremlins just was one of the characters, and Rick and Morty, that was before just recently too. Um, but they've been adding new characters on a regular basis and expanding the overall roster of characters you can use. So I will say it's a fun game. I've played it a couple of times. I'm not exactly a great button smasher, but it is a fun game, and it's nice seeing some of those characters interact with each other. So uh, there's a long-winded way of saying check it out, Scott. Yeah, well, and unlike the Nickelodeon one that came out, they have some incredible voice talent. That's true. Yes. All right. So that is Batman Day. I will say, unfortunately, I don't. I have a. I have a wedding that I have to attend on Batman Day. So uh, while I might try to get the DJ to play a Batman theme song, um, I'm not sure that uh, I will be able to do a whole lot of celebrating. The one thing I probably will check out though is Bat Wheels. Um, I do think the idea of a new cartoon, even if it is geared towards preschool age, I do want to check it out and see how it is. Because if they do a good job with this, it it can create a whole new generation of Bat fans. And I think they've struggled recently coming up with really good cartoons to kind of draw people in outside of Teen Titans Go and the more recent DC Superhero Girls, which personally I don't like either one of them. Um they're, just, they're not for me, and I, I'd, I'd appreciate if there was content that wasn't, you know, a bunch of bathroom jokes and <sighs> just ridiculousness that happens in those shows. Now, DC Superhero Girls, I want to be clear, I'm talking about the version that's on Cartoon Network, not the version that was a web series, which actually was pretty good, and I enjoyed showing and watching it with my daughter. Uh, I do not, however, like the new one because it feels like it's very much in the same vein as... Teen Titans Go, just a different animation style and same kind of jokes and ridiculousness. But Bat Wheels, I think, is has an option of of being, you know, good for younger kids without it being, um, what's the best way to put it? Without it being ridiculous like the other stuff that Cartoon Network has. So I'm hoping, I have high hopes for it. Um, I think it's also got a really good cast of characters or a cast of actors that are doing the voices for the characters. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. And uh, hopefully we'll talk about it on a future episode as well. Because I'm assuming if they're going to be releasing this this uh, origin special, it's only a matter of time before the show actually debuts. Um, because it does say it's supposed to be debuting later this fall. So hopefully that is right around the corner. 
All right. So with all of that being said, that is going to be everything for this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed all of these different news topics. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions on these different topics. Um, what do you think of the DC films being spread out? What do you think? Where, where do you think uh, Batman Cape Crusader will end up? And what are you most looking forward to doing on Batman Day? Or what did you do on Batman Day if you're listening to this after the fact? Um, leave your comments wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on YouTube, the website, or any of the other podcast platforms that we do appear on. We do get those comments and we will we definitely read them and we enjoy hearing from you guys so definitely take the time to get in touch with us you can also send us an email at tbu at thebatmanverse.net if you have uh topics you'd like us to discuss on a future episode uh we always take those into consideration um and we like i said we love hearing from you guys um outside of that be sure to check out our website thebatmanverse.net we have all kinds of news related to movies TV, merchandise, video games, comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. There's also reviews, other editorial content, other podcasts, um, all kinds of different stuff. Everything related to the Batman universe, so be sure to check that stuff out. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, We're on Discord. We have YouTube. Uh, All of our social links can be found over on the website at the top of the page. If you're interested in supporting us, there's a ton of ways you can support us. Um, Recently, we updated our affiliate links. Uh, If you go to the TBU support page, the link is on the homepage. Um, You can find at least, I think there's now like 26 different companies that that we're affiliates with. Um, Some big ones, some small ones, but there's bound to be something that you can probably use one of our affiliate links for in the future while you are purchasing, uh, you know, presents in the upcoming holiday season. So that that greatly helps us and it helps support everything that we do here on the podcast and everything over at the website. There's a number of other ways. All of those can be found over at TBU, uh, the TBU support page uh, at the Batman Universe Net. Um, in addition to that, I will just put this out there. If you have ever had any interest whatsoever at uh, working with other Bat fans, uh, creating content, uh, specifically reviewing comics or creating editorials or reviewing TV shows or movies or really anything related to the Batman uh, universe, we are always looking for new people to join our staff. Uh, some of our staff, you know, time has come and they have to move on with their lives. Uh, but we are always trying to get new people to come in and join our crew. So, um, with that, uh, if you are interested in joining our crew or you have an idea or something you'd like to pitch, uh, send me an email at tbu at the barriers.net. Uh, with all of that being said, that's going to be everything for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we're approaching our one-year anniversary of our return. So the question is, what will we do for that one-year anniversary return? Will we do something special, or will I potentially just completely forget about it and not do anything at all? Tune in to find out next time, um, and we will find out. So for Scott and myself, this has been the Batman Universe Podcast. We will see you guys next time.